Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the January 4th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your Wednesday episode of the show. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Make sure that you've subscribed. If you haven't done so, you can click the little, tap the little subscribe button in your app, and boom, you're good to go. Also, uh, head over to Twitter, at Um Yeah Sports. Uh, we're over there uh, talking, talking sports headlines and whatnot. Also, John, you do quite a bit of analysis and posting as well. You are the John. John McConey at the John McConey. So give him a follow as well if you're interested. Uh, hey man, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I am all right. Uh, last uh, Monday we broadcast our episode, put it out there. We talked about the game being a big game. That game did not happen, of course, with Demar Hamlin uh, going down um, in a pretty brutal scene there on the field. Uh, I think it's the first time a game has been called in that manner from something like that happening. Uh, but certainly our prayers are with Damar uh, as he hopefully will uh, will recover uh, from what he's uh, got going on. Uh, still not a lot of information out there about his status uh, other than a couple little notes of positive things. But um, but still, I think a lot to learn about his condition and, and where things sit. So uh, we will keep on praying for him. We encourage you guys to do the same. Um, okay, so let's jump in a little bit. We've got a little bit of NBA basketball to talk about and a little bit of NFL football to talk about. What would you like to do first? You can start with the NBA. All right, so Luka Doncic had like this amazing uh, triple-double uh, not a couple weeks ago, right, scoring 60 points. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've got a couple of others that are trying to keep up and uh, and having insane games as well. Donovan uh, Donovan Mitchell scored 57, which was crazy. Um, I think you told me about another another one, too, that was pretty insane. Yeah, Giannis got like 50, I think, 52 yeah. points. Yeah, so these guys are carrying their teams, it yeah. would seem. It's 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 uh, interesting to see all of these players, you know, come out of the gate and and and, and play these way that they've been playing. Um, but the common denominator between the last few games, at least for the Donovan Mitchell and for the uh, the um, Luka Doncic uh, 57 60 point respective games, was both teams started out very poorly, and then these guys had to come in and force their team to start playing better, which resulted in the win. But in a lot of ways, I think the Donovan Mitchell one was maybe a little more exciting to watch um, because that game was a little more of a chess match. It wasn't um, that the team was blowing their socks socks off the Cavaliers. The It was uh, DeMarty Rosen and Donovan Mitchell basically going back and forth for their respective squads um, and just kind of knocking down the buckets. And Donovan Mitchell played, I think, like 38 uh, minutes of the entire game so he was basically on the court for the entire game because they needed the kickstarter that he brings but from what i've watched the last couple of games i didn't watch too much of the other game but i watched a lot of the second bowl game that they had over the last two days uh but donald mitchell really kickstarts this offense and allows them to be going in the right direction uh and, and move things along in the right direction so uh it's always fascinating to kind of watch where things are headed but i think you know it's one of those most you know fascinating things when you when you watch it because in that game, I mean, he had to do literally everything for the squad. He tried to do some assists. He tried to get, the, get other people going, but it really wasn't working. So he forced himself to beat double teams, to get the three-pointers, to get inside, to get the fouls. I think he had like 22, 21 free throws at the end of the game, uh, just forcing himself to the line to try to get there, try to get there, try to get there, try to get there. Um, 
and eventually, you know, had that last second shot where he purposely misses the free throw, dives on the ground and puts it back up to tie the game and get into overtime, which they eventually won that game, just like uh, Luka Doncic had a very similar situation where they also went into overtime. But these players were just getting the situation where the Cavaliers have a better, more rounded team, well-rounded team than the, than the Mavericks. But each team has that one guy. And there's certain teams that are more complete, like I said. I think the Trailblazers, the Warriors, the the Celtics are some of those examples. But there's a lot of teams in the NBA that there's one guy that catches fire, and that team kind of propels itself forward. Uh, We talked about how, like, the NBA is one of those sports where one guy can play well, and that will make everyone else play well. It's not quite contingent on everyone else playing well. But with the way these guys are playing, it's going to be an interesting time to be an NBA fan with – you know, the way these younger guys, all-stars have been playing and, and getting these really high numbers, scoring affairs. And it seems like that's going to be a consistent factor for weeks to come. Um, but like I said, that game was so much fun to watch. I'd recommend watching it. I think it was a couple nights ago at this point, but really well done. I think this is kind of where we're going to be going now is all-star players taking the game on their shoulders and playing at a very high level uh, and forcing themselves to you know carry their team on their back to get to victory and enjoy and looks like they enjoy the every minute of the getting all the way there but it, it does beg the question of can a team that's playing well in that particular game have a player that distinguishes themselves with 57 60 70 points or whatever the case may be um and actually, it was Donovan Mitchell had 71 points at the end of the game because of the over, uh, overtime, I believe it was, at the end of the day. But um, and it wasn't a triple-double, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, can these players do that if their team is playing well? And I think it's one of those situations where I don't think you can get these situ- these these really high-scoring numbers from a team that everyone's playing well. It's only on the bad days do you get these really good good points. That's why you don't see the Warriors or the, the Celtics or some of these other guys get the 70 points, the 60 points, 65 points. Yeah, they might get you know, 40, 45 points or whatever the case may be, but they're not going to get the really high numbers because everyone's contributing. Everyone's getting the shot to go down. Everyone's doing what they need to do to boost things along. So the NBA like I said, has a lot of groups of teams that I think you're going to see this become the norm for. Uh, I think this, the Cavaliers are a good, well-rounded, more complete team, but I still believe that Donovan Mitchell will do this similar thing consistent, consistently. Excuse me. Uh, the Bucks with Giannis, I think that's going to be something that we see more consistently of Giannis getting a lot of points because he's the, he's the guy for that squad, and I think also for um, for Luka Doncic and the, and the, and the, uh, and the, the Mavs, I think you're also going to see that. So I think this is going to be a trend for these teams that have that one or two guys that are the main contributors where we see a lot of them get these really high scoring games and that'd be a little more consistent but really a fun time to be an NBA fan um, really fun time to be a fan of these particular teams with these particular squads because these guys seem like they are you know showing off and trying to and trying to beat the next or be the next guy up to get that uh, crazy number or you know get get those points but like I said that was a ton of fun to watch and you know what it's, it just seems, it seems like it keeps happening because I think the Luka Doncic one happened like right after Christmas and then um, then Donna Mitchell did it and then I believe last night it was that Giannis did his record setting uh, for his season. So things are happening. The NBA is getting quite fun to watch. And like I said, as, as football season winds down, we'll talk a little bit more of basketball as that kind of switches. But I just thought that'd be kind of a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's uh, shift gears over to the NFL. We've talked quite a bit about the Russell Wilson situation Denver, the Denver Broncos um, this past Sunday. Who'd they play? The Chiefs. They played the Chiefs, and uh, you think they did? You did? They think they did well? They they showed you something that you wanted to see from them? 
Well, I think this this uh, head coach did a much better job of actually playing to Russell Wilson's strengths than than Nathaniel Hackett did. Um, I saw multiple times where they did design quarterback sneaks, giving yeah. Russell Wilson the opportunity to run if the play presented itself. A lot more bootlegs, giving him opportunities to kind of pull uh, uh, to the weak side of the line, try to you know run option, all that stuff. They give opportunities to things that we know Russell Wilson can do well. They did those things, which then opened up a lot of passing opportunities, which opened up a lot of you know running plays, which kind of gave him opportunity to stay close in the game. The only thing that did not change is they still don't have an offensive line, so it wasn't a perfect, you know, straight road. But they did definitely show things that I think, you know, point to the fact that they just need a new head coach, uh, and they showed some schemes and stuff that the next head coach should carry forward and use. Because if they do those types of things, we saw what Russell Wilson was able to do. He had two rushing touchdowns in that game. You know, they were you know humming, they were moving, they're getting turnovers defensively, which gave Russell Wilson this offense opportunities to move the ball downfield. Jerry Judy looked good, Sutton looked good. Uh, you know, everyone just looked like they were firing all cylinders. This team looked more energetic, more excited, looked they're having a better time on the football field than we've seen a week prior. Um, I think it's just this is what we've been wanting the, the Broncos to do, but they what they weren't doing. They weren't giving things that you know sit in Russell Wilson's skill sets. They were having him do stuff, just stay in the pocket, try to figure stuff out and throw it from back there. That's not how he ever works. You got to get him on the run. You got to get him moving a little bit. And once they did that, then things really started to open up for him. So now I don't think this is going to be the head coach of the future, but if they continue doing what they're doing, and I get there's only one more game of the season, but I think that game can be a ton of fun to watch if they did exactly what they did in this game. And that's the type of scheme that they've cooked up and play with because this didn't look like the same Broncos team that we saw for 16 weeks prior. We, this, this looks like a Broncos team that actually had its sea legs underneath it. Yeah, there was a couple of mistakes because Russell Wilson literally had guys sitting in his lap the entire time, but they had a lot of short passes. They had opportunities where they opened up the offensive line or the defensive line by having opportunities for Russell Wilson to have the ball in his hands. So to keep honest with that uh, and allowing the run plays, which then opened up some deep plays that, you know, Cortland Sutton, yeah, there was a pass interference on it, but you know, a good play there uh, getting the ball out on time. Everything just looked more rhythmic than we've seen in, in week prior. So I think that's always a good sign and, and pointing in the right direction. And we talked about it. I think it was Monday. Maybe it was Friday of last week where we just said that, you know, there's not a whole lot of time left in the season. Not a whole lot can change, but it'd be great to see some positive notes as they go into uh, the offseason, as they go into drafting as or drafting as they go into free agency to see what they need to change, see what they need to fix. Uh, and I think when you look at it, I think their wide receiver room is good. I think they got two really good wide receivers, but, you know, it's always a good idea to add to that. The running back room is fine. I think defense is good. I think they just need to add an offensive line. This team can be a team that has a winning record next season with the right head coach. Now, we've seen rumors pop up that it's Sean Payton and Cl- uh, uh, Kingsbury as the two options um, for, for a head coaching job. Now, obviously, Kingsbury is still the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, but uh, – there has been rumors that he might get fired and, and, and they might move on from him and they don't really want him in the organization anymore. So that's going to be two options. Now, we have heard that Sean Payton wants to go to Arizona. So if, if that opens up, we have to wonder, will he go to the Arizona route or will he go the Denver Broncos route? Now, the Broncos have a team that I believe has a lot of capability to be really good if they get the right head coach in there. But if they add the wrong head coach, like Kingsbury, who hasn't had a lot of success in Arizona, but if the Arizona fire, Cardinals fire him, he becomes available. Sean Payton probably takes the Arizona Cardinal route because that team on paper and what they've produced and what they've shown would probably be better. Obviously, J.J. Watt is retiring after the season, so they lose that. But, you know, decent team. And they'd probably go after Kingsbury. But I know I've got questions about that. I mean... Now is Arizona's uh, struggles completely on the on the 
on the head coach? Probably not. I think Kyler Murray is a little bit of a bust quarterback that they need to move on past, but we'll see what Sean Payton can do if that ends up happening. But those are the two head coaches that they're kind of going for. But if they can get Sean Payton in that locker room and they can get that, him as their head coach, they yeah. put him enough for offer up. This team can definitely have more than a well, winning record he, next season. Yeah, Drew Brees and what he did with him. So, And I think, you know, what they did last week was a good positive step forward. They do that again next week. I think they can make a stronger case to get Sean Payton. But if they don't, I think that's a, you know going to be a worse situation for him. But I think they definitely made the right calls, the right things that they needed to do. Finally gave Russell Wilson his skill set. And you see that they almost won that game. Unfortunately, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes that you're playing with on the other side there. So yeah. it's going to be kind of difficult without yeah. an offensive line. But okay. still a lot of positives. There you go. Uh, so Sunday, it represents, what, the last game of the NFL regular season. And there's a lot of teams that are, are already set in terms of um, their playoff runs and where they're yeah. going and all of that. Should folks uh, sit their starters or play their starters in those games, I believe that the Bucks are right in starting their starters. Uh, as far as they're concerned, I think you know the the people that that obviously need to play off position are obviously going to stay put their starters in. But I, 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 I think, think that well, I think there's a you know the argument for a team like Tampa is that you need these to. guys to get reps together uh, to get ready for the playoffs. I think there's as I, the offensive line comes back, and right? I think that Tampa is important healthy. because they 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 already have some momentum going. Uh, and they need to be together to be able to get things going in the right direction and you know, and, and, and make sure during the playoff run they're on the right trajectory and the right track. Obviously, this is going to really just be based off of how head coaches feel about the position that they're putting their players in. Is there a higher chance of injury? Is there not? Like, where is everything going to be at? I know Justin Fields won't be starting um, on Sunday. They they decided not to play him, so they decided you know that's probably not the best thing to do. And over time, we'll kind of see how things are shaking out and looking. But, I mean... It, I don't haven't heard a whole lot about you know who's starting who's not. I know the Commanders are going to start their rookie at, at quarterback. Um, Tom Brady's going to start sometime, but Trask apparently is going to have a good chance of starting and playing some decent minutes in that game. Uh, but there's so many games that are games have playoff implications as far as different people that are not quite eliminated and have a you know an opportunity that they probably won't. Uh, end up resting their starters, but I think it's just going to be a kind of by case by case basis. But I think it's you know important for Tampa um, to start it because I think if they don't, they can definitely take their their season. Uh, I think they can injure their chances of you know making a long playoff push. I think if you're the Bills, I would caution against um, you know starting Josh Allen in in that particular game. Um, maybe even all the starters based off of the events on Thursday. I don't know if they'll how they'll end up looking, how they'll end up playing that game, but. You know, I think that's an interesting situation as well. Um, you know, we'll kind of wait and see, you know, on all of that. But um, I, I just think it's kind of one of those situations where every team's going to make their own decisions on where the, where they're going and where they're going to head. But like I said, it's going to be interesting, um, you know, how it's going to go. Um, plus, you know, different playoff positions for different teams after, you know, Thursday and everything yeah. like that. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how everything shakes out, how everything goes. Um, hopefully we'll have some, you know, better news by the, the time Sunday rolls around on, on, uh, on the injured bills player who, you know, good thing, you know, I've heard signs that he's actually, you know, improving a little bit. Uh, and I just haven't heard right anything direction. when you got to get 10 minutes of CPR and apparently he had to have CPR twice. So yeah, well, uh, before we I, I want to, I just want to hear wanna, that his brain's functioning. Uh, I heard that oxygen is working and they have some positive signs, but uh, we need his brain before function. we uh, finish. I just want to pray real quick for him. Sure. Uh, dear God, please help. Um, please help this Bills player that's, you know, injured and, and dealing with uh, a very traumatic event. Uh, I think that there's signs that he's pointing in the right direction. 
uh, we know you can heal him, uh, we, and you can get him to the uh, to be able to be uh, awake and get him, get him back in good health. Uh, he's in your hands, and yeah, from everything I hear, he's a Christian, so he believes in you, and so does his family. So please help him to uh, get to get through this and uh, move on to the other side. Amen. All right, good deal. And we will end the episode on that note. Listeners, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. God, God bless. bless.